I had put the Apple TV on and then I walked out of the room to do something and I came back and somehow either my daughter had pushed a button or it had auto played the premiere episode of the Showtime show Billions. Yeah. The first scene of the first oh, episode God. of that is autoerotic asphyxiation. And I walk oh, back no. into the room and this guy's got like a thing tied around oh, his no. neck. And I was just like, oh, oh this my. is a man playing a necklace game. <laughs> it, was so, <laughs> it was so bad. Okay, so okay. let's so, yeah. record the intro now. Just so what is, Milkless, because we, I think we start with the name. Two dads, we love our kids. But then we also need them to know that we're like pretty cool and it's not like a wimpy podcast, so. Hey. <laughs> Hey. Hey. Milkless. Hey, welcome. Hey. Hey, hey, Milkless. Call the audience, Milkless. What's up, Milkless? <laughs> Matt Max coming at you. What if that's it? <laughs> that's our first take. So one of my favorite things to do with uh, my eldest daughter is to pre-vet, to make sure there's no, like, anything horrifying in there, but to pre-vet scenes from adult movies that are some of my mm. favorite movies. And then Brilliant. sit and watch them with her and talk about it. Um, so she's watched like pieces of American Beauty. She watched the scene in Avatar where they fr- he first gets the flying thing and they like fly through the waterfalls and everything. Uh, nice. Road to Perdition. There's a scene that she often talks about from the, I don't know if you remember that old movie where Tom Hanks played yeah. murder. Yeah. Um, but uh, it's cool because it's like she doesn't always understand what's going on. But I feel like. She feels, you know how when you're a kid, there's like the adult world. Yeah. You're like, I don't know what happens out there. You're like, is this movie for adults? Is this a grown-up movie? And yeah. it's like, yeah, this is a little window into yeah. the, the grown-up world. Um, but one that won't freak her out too much. Mm-hmm. The grown-up world, when you get there, is a lot more mundane than you hoped it would be as a kid. Yeah. <laughs> so maybe not helping with that. But I am trying to give her a decent taste in film. Yeah, but that is such a cool thing. That's like what maybe like filmmaker dads do that the, the rest yeah. of the world can can steal from because I'm going to steal that. That's such a great idea. Thanks. Um, yeah. Oh, yeah. We get a kick out of that. We watched the scene from Ferris Bueller's Day Off when he shows up on the parade float and it like mm-hmm. intercuts between his girlfriend and his best friend having that conversation about the future, which is actually kind of like really profound and about mm-hmm. like the waywardness of adolescence and mm-hmm. it cuts back and forth between the, that and Ferris Bueller singing and shake it up, babe, twist and shout. And mm-hmm. like the entire city of New York joining them and singing it. That was fun. That's a fun Dude. movie clip. What are some good movies that you think they could watch in, 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 in full? Like for me, uh, Rudy, I think was so oh. impactful for me. Mm-hmm. There's maybe a, like a couple profanities in it, you know, maybe a couple themes that are a little aggressive, but like 99.9% of this is good for, for young kids. And I yeah. think it teaches something really cool about like overcoming adversity. We talk about it all the time. Like remember what Rudy did? Like he did something that, you know, people didn't think he could do, 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 do. And you know, they love Rudy. So I'm thinking about other stuff like that. Like any other good movies that, yeah, like it's, are yeah, that are kind of a little more, more for adults. We're like biding our time for the right moment to watch The Princess Bride together because mm. like, th- I think that's an all-time great. But I still remember watching The Princess Bride too young and the rodents of unusual size scared the shit out of me. I don't know how to do that to my kid. Yeah. Um, but if we, I, we have trouble getting her to watch not animated films. She, she mostly wants to watch animated films. And if there's real people, it's usually not exciting. What about like a Milo and Otis? Have you seen that? 
like no. the dog and cat that talk to each other. I remember that as a kid. So I, we, we dredged that up on Amazon Prime, yeah. paid fucking fourteen ninety nine for it. But uh, <laughs> yeah, it was like, you know, a dog and a cat talking. So getting used to things that are not animated, it's still totally for kids. Mm-hmm. Um, like Air Bud, so bad. But they like that too. I can't. Um, <laughs> man, I just don't want to expose my kids to like bad movies. There, there's yeah. sometimes a song come on the radio, and I'm just like, "That's it's bad music, baby. It's just bad." Yeah, I can't wait to show them adult movies. The only thing that always scares me is if you go a little too far, you create nightmares. <laughs> like yeah, we watched Raiders yeah. of the Lost Ark with our kids, three, five, and seven. You watched Raiders of the Lost Ark with a yeah. three-year-old. Yeah, because, is that you know, the one where he rips the heart out of the guy's chest? No, Kalima. Is that the no, one where their no, faces the melt one. because of the yeah, the faces fucking... melt at the end? I forgot Your three-year-old about the face. saw the faces melt. <laughs> well, oh no! Thankfully, I think she was too young to understand it because, or, or she was, and she developed an immediate defense mechanism because after that happened, she was like maniacally laughing and saying, ha, 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 the face turned to jelly, right, Dad? It was jelly face, oh, <laughs> jelly. God. Why was his face jelly? Maybe a little too soon on that one. Yeah. Could have a little too soon on that one. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I remember seeing Indiana Jones when I was maybe first or second grade or something. And so our seven-year-old is watching things at maybe appropriate times, maybe even a little early. Yeah. The five and three-year-olds, I mean, they just fall by the wayside. They and just come along. They're just along for the ride. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Movie night. We did have one time where I like, I had put the Apple TV on. To like, we were going to put on Disney Plus or something. And then I walked out of the room to do something. And I came back and somehow either my daughter had pushed a button or it had auto played. And it, it was playing the, the, the premiere episode of the Showtime show, I think called Millions, which is about like oh, a billion, DA. Billion, billions. billions. Yeah. And a lot the of profanity. F- the, well, the first episode of that, the first scene of the first oh, episode God. of that is auto-erotic asphyxiation. And I walk oh, back no. into the room and this guy's got like a thing tied around oh, his no. neck. And I was just like, ah! And like you can't see, you see him. You just see him from the face up. But I knew exactly what was happening immediately. My daughter's just like, it's oh, like, oh, this is a man playing a necklace game. <laughs> it, was so, <laughs> it was so bad. Oh, so who knows how that's coming back to us later. Oh my God. <laughs> oh God. Yeah, thanks Apple the, TV. <laughs> but even some of the kid movies are kind of fucked up. Like, yeah. you know, even Frozen, it's like, yeah, the parents just you get washed away at sea and are just like totally dead, and no one talks about it. So yeah, it's like it's okay. Just, yeah, the, if the kids are old t- enough to know what's happening. I get it. They sweep it under the rug for the young kids, but then the other kids are like, uh, what? Yeah, can Both we deal parents with this? Just yeah. can we talk about the fact that the parents just drowned yeah. at sea, or even yeah. like. It's always been the way with children's stories. I mean, like Hansel and Gretel. Are you fucking kidding? Like, what are we? Come on. And also, like, all Disney movies have some serious dark shit. I mean, Lion King. Are you fucking kidding me? Like, Scar. Yeah. Like, diabolical with Mufasa. (laughs) My daughter one time asked me to play. She wanted to act out the scene where she was Simba and I was Mufasa. And she was like, you just pretend to be dead. I was like, I don't really want to do that. And then she was like, let's just do it. I was like, all right, she's got to process this. So I just lay down and then she like put her nose under my arm and lifted it and goes, oh daddy. My. And I was like, I'm right here. I'm not doing this. I will never, I can't do oh this. Oh my God. But yeah, I mean, I remember a little mermaid completely fucked up my little brother. Oh yeah. This is scary. Ursula. Ursula. And then, and then the whole fact that like those little mermaid shrimp people are like, 
turned into those little shrimp anemone oh, things. Yeah. Like, like eternal, whatever. And yeah. that's like terrifying. So it's like, okay. Pinocchio too. Melting Pinocchio face. is like, come play at our school. And then they're turning them into fucking donkeys. It's so weird. For it's life. Twisted donkeys for life. <laughs> um, yeah. <laughs> Donkeys for life. That's that's gonna be our new T-shirt. TFL baby. Donkeys Donkeys for life. life. (laughs) There is actually some data out there. I was talking to a friend of mine who's got three kids, and um, he made a point that immediately I was like, "Oh, that makes sense." He said, "When you're dealing with scary stuff and introducing your kids to scary stuff, which I do think is important because they're gonna encounter it, that doing it through books is a lot better for them than doing it through movies because they can control their level of immersion in it. It's very hard for a kid to watch a movie and be like, no, that's not real. I mean, it's even a little bit hard for an adult. If you watch a really scary movie, it still scares you. That's why I don't watch, I don't watch like rapey Netflix documentaries anymore. No, we used to watch them all. And then it's like, oh, it's just so much like murder and rape. And then it's like, why am I scared of my own home? Yeah. Like I'm scared of the dark. Like I got to go take the trash cans in. I'm like scared. Yeah. But yeah, we were we were reading uh, Ricky Ticky Tavi, which I love. Uh, do you know Ricky Ticky Tavi? I knew it as a kid, and I know the name. Like he's like a little like mongoose he's a squirrel mongoose. thing. Yeah. yeah, and they made and an animated movie out of it, which was my first action movie because like the movie is basically just this mongoose just mowing through one snake after another, just yeah. being the baddest. Like it's basically like he's Bruce Willis. And Die Hard. But so yeah. I bought the book because it's also written by Rudyard Kipling. So the, the writing is really beautiful. Mm-hmm. And I do voices for the book. And there's a snake called Karait that's like really tiny. And, mm-hmm. uh, and I was like, well, his voice will be like a little whisper. And I kind of had already established that. And then he has this line where he just goes, I am death. And I was like <laughs> in bed with my daughter, like whispering this in her ear. And I was like, Jesus Christ. But we had a, but as soon as I realized that I was able to be like, I was like, are you doing okay? Are you scared? It's just me here. And she's like, no, I'm good. I'm good. And I realized with a book, you have the ability to like just halt it and check in in a way. It's not yeah. quite immersive in the same way movies are. Yeah, 100%. And it also, if they do like a jump scare or like a really scary image, then you just keep thinking about that. Yeah. Um, yeah. I kind of have this weird philosophy that like art is one of your first opportunities to tell kids the truth about even hard things because mm-hmm. art is a way that we deal with like art is a way that we deal with love, with heartbreak, with death, with, and so I kind of have always just put art in front of her. Like my bedtime songs to her. Sometimes one of the sing- songs I sing to her every night is hearts and bones by mm-hmm. Paul Simon, which is about the slow dissolution of a love affair. It's mm-hmm. very sad, but it's beautiful. And it's like, yeah, this is be- Art can help you find even the beauty and sadness. So, God, I used to, you know that Billy Joel song, Lullaby? Or I think it's called Lullaby. Good night, my no. angel, time to close your eyes. It's lovely. No. But it's it's like, the, there's a lyric in there that's like, someday we'll all be gone, but lullabies go on and on. Mm-hmm. And, and it's kind of poetically about kind of the eternal nature of a relationship between a father and their child. Mm. And I'd been singing this to her for years. And one night, I finished singing it, and she goes, Dada, can you not sing that song to me anymore? It makes me think about you dying. Oh. <laughs> it's like, oh, yes, I'll yeah. never sing this song again. <laughs> but I right did. Right before bed. Yeah, right bed. before bed. Yeah. Just want you to know that I'll love you forever, even after I die. I won't always be here. <laughs> Good night. Good night. <laughs> 
This episode is brought to you by Violet Archer in the case of the Purple Martin. And here's a little excerpt read by the author, Matt. Swings are another nice place to talk, because you only have to look at each other if you want to. I waited while Martha Mom caught her breath. She tries to keep me from noticing when she gets tired, but I really don't mind. She's still fun to be around. Might even be better talker than Papa Dan. And just like she said she would, she started at the beginning. The room you've been staying in was your dad's old room. From the time he was about five, all the way until he turned 18 and went out to start building his own life. Martha Mom paused, taking one last deep breath before she got to the hard part. Your dad is younger than his sister and brother, your aunt and uncle, so he was the last of our kiddos to move out. All three of our children had gotten so big and so ready for the world that they left our house. You believe that? I didn't really believe it. People are always trying to tell me I'll live in a different house than my parents someday, but I honestly just can't picture it. Check the podcast description for a link to buy the book or search Violet Archer on Amazon and buy it today. We exposed our kids. I'm thinking about all the songs that I used to love. So like I loved Seal, Kiss from a Rose. Oh, I just think it's so like good. so good. So, so I, good. I played that for, for our oldest kid and our seven-year-old, the like actual quote. He says to my wife, he had listened to it now three or four times. And you know when you hear a song like three or four times, it really starts to come online mm-hmm. for you. Mm-hmm. And he goes, hey, mom, like how can a song be this good? <laughs> like I just don't understand it. I don't get it. <laughs> and it's like, I love that when they get yeah. to, to find songs like that. That's what we're also trying any sort of music that comes up. We, we play it similar to our last episode where we chatted about exposing them to different things. Like we were in the car and, I, and they were having, I had like a fig bar, fig Newton. So I said something like figgy, 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 can't you see? Sometimes your figs just hypnotize me. And he's like, what is that? Is that a real song? I'm like, I'm just like being funny, but it is a song. He's like, can we listen to it? So I downloaded like, you know, Biggie, but like there, there's censored versions that you can listen to. And you don't mind that? I don't, censored versions always kind of rub me the wrong way. They, but, yeah, I, but that you know song I mean? in particular is, it's adult. <laughs> Yeah, adult it's themes. very adult themes. So like, yeah, you get the censored version. It's a little, you get used to it after a while. But yeah. now he, they like love Biggie and like, I don't know. It's like cool. Did Hypnotize, like, if Hypnotize came out today, it yeah. would be huge. Yeah. That song is so fucking cool and holds up so well. Speaking of good music, like we just, our kids are like all into like Freebird you know, Stairway to Heaven, The really? Beatles. Yeah, we, we'll play this stuff. And all they like like big, big things. So I'll be like, this was the number one song in the world when this came out. <laughs> They're like, what in the what? world? I'm like, yeah, millions of people listen to this and they still do today. You want to hear it? Dude, I could go for The Beatles. Anything that is slower than like a club beat, my daughter's just like, this is sad. Like I would play Hey Jude for her and she'd be like, this is too sad. <laughs> she like wants to be in the fucking club. We've been listening oh, yeah. to this song recently by this uh, group, <laughs> Sophie Tucker, who went oh, to yeah. our alma mater, Brown Graduates actually, oh, yeah. but now yeah. they just play a like, wild ass club music. And they have this song that my daughter loves so much called Wet Tennis. Wet oh. Tennis is not <laughs> about tennis. Oh God. And she's like always telling her teachers, she's like, we listen to Wet Tennis. <laughs> My teacher's like, oh, do you like tennis in the rain? I'm like, yeah, sure. That's what it's about. Uh, oh, but man. she loves that stuff. Yeah. There's no, this part in the good. song where like there's this, there's a male and a female vocalist and the female vocalist goes, what's the score? And he just goes, 
is love, love. <laughs> it just keeps repeating that over and over. Oh, man. oh that's so good. Yep. Uh, what are you going to do? All right, lightning round. Give me one kid's movie you love and one kid's movie you hate. All right, movie I love, just because they're watching it a lot recently, is Zootopia. It's uh, the the bunny that then becomes a policeman. I just, mm-hmm. a police officer. I love that because, you know, overcoming adversity. And it's just a really mm-hmm. well done movie. Mm-hmm. Um, and then what I hate is this thing on Netflix called like Grizzly Bear and the Lemmings. It's like basically a modern day Tom and Jerry where this grizzly bear and these little lemmings, like, you know, there's no speaking in it. So the kids aren't really learning a lot, but it is just like pure entertainment because it's pretty fucking funny. But I can't stand it because it's like, there's no value here in learning it's just tom and jerry yeah how about you uh movie that i love is is klaus i mean there's a lot that i love but klaus i feel like is an under the radar recent animated christmas movie on netflix really good uh movie that i hate um there's this movie called sahara that Mm. is about these snakes and i think it's french and it, like one of them is just like keeps snorting this flower dust, like he's clearly a drug addict. <laughs> and then these other two get kidnapped and put into this like snake dancing thing where there's essentially like a pimp, and they're kind of in this like forced harem situation. Oh, and man. we watched like half it once, and my daughter was like, "My daughter always asks about it, watching it again." We're like, "We're not fucking watching that movie. It's yeah. messed up." Oh. French. Okay, what about TV shows? TV show you love, TV show that sucks. Okay, what I love is just honestly Paw Patrol. I know I'm so sick of it, but it's so broad. And I like that there's always conflict and it's never nightmare inducing. Sometimes if we get into something that's a little older, maybe Ninja Turtles or something else, it can be a little scary, causes nightmares. I like Paw Patrol. It's interesting. They they do a really good job with the story. Um, And there's- You and my daughter have similar tastes. Yeah, usually a good message in there. Um, what I can't stand, and I have no data to support this, but like Blippy, I don't really know what it is, but it's some guy that is like talking. Like kids love it. I've heard that it's, there's some weird shit in it. Or I don't know. This guy's kind of weird. I don't even know. And to be honest, I've he might be great. I don't know. But just something about it when it comes on, I'm like, I don't trust this guy. <laughs> Turn it yeah. off. Yeah. Let's do. Yeah. Let's go back to Paw Patrol. <laughs> let's go. Yeah. I don't trust this guy a lick. Yeah. So Matt, what's your uh, what's your favorite show for kids? Favorite TV show? It's got to be Wild Kratts, man. That is the show that has lasted. I mean, our oldest daughter probably started watching that when she was two, and she still watches it. And routinely, she will bust out some random animal fact that I don't know, and then she'll just say, "I know it from Wild Kratts." And is that that's like Kratts creatures? I remember watching Kratts creatures as a kid, but is this like an animated version? I think I've seen the it. Kratts brothers, yeah. yeah. So it starts in like a documentary thing where they are in some rainforest looking at some uh, lemurs, and then they're like, "What if we had lemur powers? What if?" And then it becomes animated. Oh. And that episode, they get these like chips and these power suits, and they can turn in to these animals and they have a whole team of people that's like, you know, there's villains who are polluters and, or whatever, you know, cooking with endangered animals. And they, so they turn into like cheetah power to go rescue some animals, but you learn what all the cheetah powers are and what makes all these animals special. Uh, but it's animated, it's fun, it's goofy. So it holds the attention. Um, and yeah, and there's, I mean, I think there's, Got to be 500 episodes of it. Oh. I mean, this thing has been on for 20 seasons. It's amazing. Uh, yeah, it's great. Wild Kratts. Uh, would you like me to sing you the theme song? <laughs> the one I hate, and this is an unpopular opinion, and it's not, I don't hold it against the show. But when my daughter grew out of Peppa Pig, I was so happy. 
because I was just like, I need some fucking steaks. <laughs> like you just like muddy puddles. Like it's very cute, but it's just about a picnic. Give me some steaks. I need some. Yeah. I need, I need That's why Paw Patrol gets a little more. There's usually conflict. Yeah. Pe- Peppa yeah. Pig is very like for an 18 month old or something. Yeah. What is a book that you would really recommend parents to read with their kids? I mean, I, this is a weird one, but like, I really like The Giving Tree by Shel Silverstein. I think it's sad as fuck and it's kind of heavy, but like, I don't know. I kind of like that book. It's it's beautiful, but it's a little dysfunctional. It's like as a parent, you're supposed to give them everything until you are nothing. Yeah. Or (laughs) it's, it's showing that like, you know, you can be happy through giving even if you get murdered down to a stump. No, I'm get, I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's, you know, it's, it's a, a little fucked up. It's a beautiful book, but the values of it. I no, my wife hates it. it. She's like, no, this she, is, this is sick. This, this is a is sick smart. book to read to a kid before they go to yeah. sleep. Yeah. Um, what about had, you? Do you have any books that you like? We had like, I mean, we've had a lot of books that we've read over the years that we liked, but there was one that is the, I remember clearly is the most fun and long lasting experience I've had. There's this, there's, this woman that writes these field guides and it's like, uh, like an, and they're field guides in natural histories of like magic or mermaids. And there's one of, there's a field guide to, to fairies and mm-hmm. it's all set up as like these notes that this like researcher took in the 1920s and then passed down to their grandchild. And then all the fairies will have like host flowers and you read about the symbiotic relationships they had with them. And so it's definitely a science book, but it's all magic Mm -hmm. and it's, you can spend 15 minutes on every page. So we probably read this book for six weeks, just exhaustively going through every page and each page she'd pick like, I want to be that fairy because the wings are the coolest or whatever. Mm. Um, And then there's a page where you learn about like kingdom, phylum, whatever the order is. Yeah. And they do that for fairies. So you're learning science skills, but it's a magic book. It's very cool. Yeah. And it's so big good. and like really beautifully thing is, illustrated. Big books like that like get get tough for us unless we it's exactly one page to read because then otherwise they want to keep reading the book and it's hard to, with there's no end point. So you like got to set it up at the beginning of, of the night. Yeah, yeah. obsessive like yeah. that. But um, another books that I, books that I like are typically ones that have rhymes. So like I really like The Grinch. The Grinch All is Seuss like, is so fun to read. Seuss oh, it's is like so you're freestyle rapping or something. It's so fun yeah. to read The Grinch and the Lorax. Lorax is a little long, so you got to uh-huh. have enough time to to get through uh-huh. it. But The Grinch is quick. Let's hear your Onceler voice. Yeah, Do you remember the uh, Onceler? Yeah, the. It's, I mean, I don't. I don't know if well, I. Well, what's do your Lorax voice? voice? That's the. Because he's always coffee, right? I, yeah, but I usually just do it like I'm standing on a soapbox. Like, I speak for the trees, for the trees have no tongues. It's a little more like MLK. I oh, inter- interesting. Yeah. But I, I like, to me, he's like, he's, to me, he's a climate activist. So he's like a little shrill. Like nobody, he's right, but nobody really wants to hear what he has to say. Yeah. And he's just like, I speak for the trees. Like he's a little bit like self-righteous. Um, oh, yeah. And, oh, and no, I like coffee. have him come out like. And then the Lorax pops out. Well, I speak for the trees, for the trees have no tongues. Like I don't think he's that polished. <laughs> no. He, <laughs> oh, uh, man. But also, you know what we've been doing recently is using ChatGPT, where I'll say, okay, 
ChatGPT, write me a seven-minute bedtime story, and I'll ask them, what do you guys want it to be about? And I'll be like, a unicorn, a firefighter. So I'll let them build the story, and then and then I'll insert a little message at the end that's like, and, you know, if the kids were, you know, not eating their broccoli or something, I'm like, insert, like, the, the importance of eating broccoli in there. And they'll say, like, and make it about an icicle and a big building, and it'll come up with the most amazing story. And it's like, you know, once upon a time, there was this unicorn and this and that, and they climbed a thing. Uh-oh. I hate that I mean, so much. I, I mean, know, like because, I've spent my well, because you're life, a creative. Because like this, I do this for my daughter. A great effort to myself, and will often say, "No, I can't do a story tonight because it's so Don't have takes the so much energy to think of a beautiful story." It's just I'm just glad thing. to know they are not beautiful stories, but yeah. they are really fucking good for a five or seven year old. It yeah. will not hold up, at least right now, for like a twelve year old. It's like, yeah. okay, so cool party like, trick, bro. I got like another two years of having a job. That's good. Yeah. <laughs> Fuck me.